Welcome. You are listening to the 919 Podcast, the only podcast all about the over 1.5 million people living in and transforming the Triangle of North Carolina. I'm your host, John Carter, and each episode, if you're new, I sit down with individuals and organizations in and around the 919 area code. That's Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill. And I ask them about what they do, how they got here, and it's been a really fun journey so far. There are 63 episodes which you can go back and listen to, which is pretty crazy to think about. Today's episode, though, is very special. If you live in or have visited North Carolina and have been in an elevator, then you've seen on the inspection certificate the portrait and name of Cherie Berry, who is the Commissioner of Labor for North Carolina. Now, normally this wouldn't grab people's attention, except that her name looks like it's spelled Cherry Berry, which, of course, is fun to say. It's like a fruit. Um, But Cherie has been Commissioner for 20 years in North Carolina, and over time, because of how long she's held office and her name being so unique, She's become sort of a celebrity. Around election time every couple of years, inevitably you'll see shirts saying Sherry Berry 2016, She Left Us Up, or something along those lines. Honestly, not much is known about her to the general public, but everyone loves her. Um, since I started this podcast, I have wanted to interview Sherry, and I was finally able to get on her schedule a couple months ago. There have been some great episodes in the past, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that this was the most anticipated episode thus far. Cherie shares all about her life prior to holding office, the job itself, and what it's like having a huge following of adoring fans. Stick around after we talk to hear some of the other points that didn't make into our conversation, and follow the podcast, if you're not already, on social media on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at The 919 Podcast. All right, let's not delay it any longer. Here is my conversation with Cherie Berry. You raised me. Sorry, yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm good. excited. <laughs> I was I was telling them I'm gonna play um, Josh Groban's "You Raise Me Up" as the intro music. To, oh, yeah, I love that that's, song. Yeah, that's great. So, my brother says, "Yeah, and she'll let you down too, <laughs> <laughs> but gently." <laughs> you ready? Whenever you are. All right. Okay, I'm here in downtown Raleigh at the offices of the Department of Labor. Here is Cherie Berry, the North Carolina Commissioner of Labor. Cherie, thanks for being on the 919 Podcast. Oh, you're welcome, John. My pleasure. I am beyond excited to be talking with you today. Uh, Myself, and I'd say most people know you exclusively as the uh, woman whose picture is in every elevator. Uh, So it'll be great to get to know you on a more personal level, your journey to be commissioner, uh, your thoughts on the sort of cult following that you've gathered over the years. Um, and as you should know, most of these questions come from listeners. So um, oh, great. They've, been, they've been submitting them over the past few weeks. So uh, Cherie, first off, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Well, I'm from a little town called Maiden, and that's up near uh, Lincolnton, uh, Hickory, that area, Catawba County. And I uh, grew up there, went to Maiden High School, and uh, I currently live in Newton, which is in Catawba County, about six miles from Maiden, where I grew up, and I live across the street from the old hospital where I was born. 
So don't ask the question, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and you have a very unique name. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about this, but, you know, was, was Cherie a family name? or And it, it's spelled almost, a lot of people pronounce it Cherry, right? They do, okay. yes. Uh, actually, the name Cherie was given to me by my father. He was a prisoner of war during World War II in wow. Germany. He was a prisoner for 13 months. And then when the Yanks liberated the prison camp, uh, he came home through France. And while he was in France uh, transitioning out and getting ready to go home, people would come up to him, the French people, and they would say, Merci, mon chéri. And that's the French uh, masculine version of Cherie, which means darling, dearest, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they were thanking the American soldiers that they saw on the streets, and they would give them a hug, and they would say, Merci, mon chéri. So my father decided that uh, if he got home alive and had a daughter, his first daughter would be named Cherie. So my name comes from the French, and in uh, the French language, it has an acute accent over the first E, so it's Cherie. Cherie. But everybody calls me Cherry Berry, Cherry and I Berry. love that. Yeah. The, the first time I was telling, um, we have an audience today, actually, um, but the first time I saw you was in Atlanta Airport, and someone announced, your, I didn't come up because I was too embarrassed, but the, your name came over the uh, intercom as Cherry Berry, and you got up and went there, and so anyway, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> That was only a few months ago, actually. It was pretty recent. Wow. Um, and then, actually, the last name came from uh, your, your late husband, Norman Berry. Yes. So, okay. And were people pa- fascinated with your name back then like they are today? or No, not so much. Not so much. It was just like, oh, that's her name? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, one person did say you must have really loved that man, Norman, to have married him and have that rhyming name. And, and you I, did. And I said, <laughs> okay. yes, I did. Okay. I loved him very much. Well, I wanted to get into, um, obviously, you've been in government for a while. Um, but before that, you were a very successful businesswoman. And you had a very interesting business. So can you tell me about that? What did you sell? Uh, how did that happen? Well, um, the last business that I had, uh, I owned with my husband. We started it in Maiden, North Carolina, back in 1985. And we manufactured wire-wound spark plug wires for the automotive industry. As one does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how how was that the business that you arrived at? Both of you had an interest in, in that? Or? Well, I had been in Detroit for 10 years. Okay. And uh, my husband was from Detroit. And the family business, uh, the Berry family business that his father started, made little wire-wound resistors that went in a boot over a spark plug. And the reason they needed that was to suppress radio frequency interference created by the spark. Wow. So as the automobile developed more and more and they slanted the hood of the car so that you couldn't see the hood ornament when you're driving, you know, you just see the road, Mm -hmm. um, that built up the temperature under the hood with the spark plug wires and all the wiring. So the spark plug wire they were using was an impregnated textile. It was impregnated with carbon. 
and the resistance on that wire was about 4,000 ohms per foot, okay? So, anyways, long story short, we wound that uh, 150 turns per inch. We took the spark plug wire from 4,000 ohms per foot down to 150 ohms per foot, and we suppressed <coughs> radio frequency interference with inductance because the iron coating, the ferrite, increased the inductance of the windings. So we suppress that interference with inductance rather than with resistance and did a great job of it. So it took about three years to convince everybody that that was the best product for suppressing radio frequency interference. And it did pretty well at it. Did very well. Um, after about three years, it was accepted in the industry, and uh, we ended up selling millions and millions of feet of it all over the world. In fact, the company's still there making that product and others. It's still in Maiden, North Carolina, that's, in the same place. That's awesome. With a lot of the same people. We sold the company in 1995. So all of the engineers and material science people are loving you right now because you're actually speaking their language. A lot of the I'm <laughs> trying awesome. not to speak their that's, language that, because Well, you sound super knowledgeable language. about this. This well, is this is great. I don't have a degree in engineering or anything like that. But but it sounds like it. I just have a healthy curiosity and a desire to learn new things. So I went to, uh, while this process was going on, we didn't have any money when we first started our company. You know, we just started it from scratch, basically. And we uh, didn't have money for about three years, so we had to, you know, kind of do things as we went along. So I signed up for a physics course at ASU, Appalachian State, mm -hmm. because I wanted to use their lab equipment to test my product. <laughs> I couldn't afford lab equipment. So I took the course and uh, aced it, by the way. I was the <laughs> oldest one in the class. By the way, yeah. And I found a mistake in the textbook <laughs> that they've been using for 50 years and nobody had ever found it. But I'm just curious about things, uh -huh. and I like to learn. So the professor took an interest in what I was doing in the lab after class. <laughs> you know, I'm testing my product with their right. equipment. So that was an interesting way to do something that we couldn't afford to do, you know. Well, how do you go from that, which is super technical, you obviously are passionate and creative, you know, or and, and you're interested in that material. How do you go from that into wanting to go into the House of Representatives in the, in the 90s? Well, um, there were two openings. It was a two-person district, and uh, neither one of the incumbents was running for re-election. So in the process of starting that company and seeing all the rules and regulations and things that we had to conform to, uh, I got interested in government. So I decided when they weren't running that I'd give it a shot. How'd that go? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I got to serve for eight years. I could have probably served longer, but I decided eight years would be my limit for serving in the House. Gotcha. And some of that was going on while we uh, had the business, but we had established it uh, in 85, and I was elected to the House of Representatives in 92. 92. 
All right, well, Cherie, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about your journey from House of Representatives to Commissioner of Labor. All righty. Hey, 919ers, this episode is brought to you by Ashley Quinn of Fonville Morrissey Premier Agents Network. If you're wanting to put down roots in the triangle, then look no further than Ashley Quinn. She actually helped my wife and I buy our first home just earlier this year. We were super stressed about the home buying process, and honestly, we just needed someone to hold our hands and tell us what to do. And that's exactly what Ashley did. She worked quickly to get us the home we wanted, even with other people making offers. And she can also sell your current home. You can reach her by emailing her at ashley at ashquinn.com. That's A-S-H-Q-U-I-N-N.com. All right, and we're back. So before you ran for commissioner of labor, that was a long break, huh? Yeah, yeah. it was at least a few seconds. <laughs> before you ran for commissioner of labor, uh, you were in the House of Representatives. Um, so you started serving in 92, yes. and, you, and you served until 98. Is I, that, I served 2000? until 2000. 2000. Yes. So, so what led to you wanting to run for commissioner of labor? Well, I had told my constituents eight years, and so I had to stop being in the House, but I enjoyed politics, and I enjoyed the give and take, and just the hustle and bustle, and the thought process that you go through. I wanted to stay involved some way. So some of my friends told me, you'd be great at Commissioner of Labor. You have manufacturing experience, now you have legislative experience, so why don't you try that? And so I did. And uh, fortunately, the voters have allowed me to stay here a long time, and I've enjoyed every second of it. It's the best job I've ever had. Well, let's let's speak to that. Uh, we're right now speaking in front of this wall of portraits of all the commissioners of labor in <laughs> North Carolina. In the middle is your picture, and we were just talking. You've, I think, as of July. And by the way, this is the first time this has been announced, so this is breaking news, but you're the longest serving commissioner of labor for North, North Carolina ever. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So it how, is pretty cool. So how long and I'm now? very fortunate to have had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be 20 years when my term is over next year. Gotcha. You know, a lot of people know you because of your portrait in the elevator. So when did that decision come about to, to make that happen? Uh, That was mentioned to me during my first term when I was elected in 2000 by my communications director, Juan Santos. God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. We miss Juan, Mm -hmm. but we love Dolores, my current communications director. (laughs) But he came into my office and he, he showed me the certificate and he said, we have a little bit of space down at the bottom. Why don't we just put a picture of you on there? because we print those ourselves in our own print shop. So I looked at it, and I looked at him, and I said, okay, Juan, here's the deal. If I'm reelected in 2004, then you come back and we'll talk about it, because I don't want to do that if I'm a fluke and only serve one term. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, okay. So fortunately, I was reelected. He came back. I had the certificate again. He said, Commissioner, I really think we ought to do this because you see people's signatures on a lot of things, but we need to put a face on government. And if we put your picture on here, they'll know there's an actual person who's in charge of the safety on the elevators. I said, okay, that's a good reason. We'll put it on there. So we did. And I don't know if it was the fact that 
people could make my name rhyme or if there was a picture. I don't know why it became popular. Well, let's talk to that. So when do you think was the first time somebody recognized you in public that you that you didn't even know? They said, oh, my gosh, that's and they probably called you Sherry Berry. But, you know, when was that that someone actually recognized it you? It took a, a while. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right away. But then it started happening. For instance, if I would go on the weekends to Home Depot Lowe's somewhere where you're sweaty and dirty and you've been doing <laughs> yard work, you know, and you look you don't look very good uh-huh. and you run in there to get a extra bag of topsoil or something and you want to run out and you give them a check or a credit card invariably somebody there at the checkout with that microphone there would say they'd take my check or my credit card and they'd look and read on it and then they'd go omg are <laughs> you the elevator lady and i'm going uh that's my sister (laughs) i go yes i'm guilty and then they would get on the microphone and they'd say so and so come down here at the register at the garden department i got the elevator lady here (laughs) so yes it started to happen and that's happened more and more over the years so mm-hmm. so not just even in Lowe's or Home Depot right. but yeah so it's fun to be in an elevator and be kind of at the back <laughs> and have somebody standing up at the front you know and have it full of people and have them looking at the certificate going look at that rhyming name is that a real person and I'm standing back there going, is that a real person? And you spoke up. I did. Oh. <laughs> I'd reach up and tap them on the shoulder and say, hey. Hey, that's me. I'm Cherry Berry. <laughs> What's their reaction? Oh, and then one guy said, oh, my gosh. Well, when this car gets to the bottom and stops, will you come outside and wait right here beside of it while I go back up to the room and get my <laughs> wife and bring her down? She'll kill me if I got to meet you. And she did. And I'm going, okay, I'll wait. Oh my gosh. So is this popularity that you've gained as elevator lady, elevator queen, is that is that a flattering, creepy? Oh it's cool. Or I think it's it's fun. It's fun and surreal. I mean if you think about it, it kinda took on a life of its own and um I didn't go out and promote it or anything, but people just for some reason tagged on to it and liked it and little kids they're the ones that i like the best because they really love to say my name Mm. because it rhymes they can make it cherry berry (laughs) you know and i had one guy call me and say commissioner berry i need one of those certificates from the elevator i'm going okay why do you need it he said well we took my little granddaughter ava down to south carolina to visit somebody in the hospital and he said uh we had to take an elevator and when the doors opened, she stuck her head in and looked around and didn't see your picture and pitched a hissy fit and wouldn't get on the elevator. <laughs> she didn't trust no, it. No, she, she said, it's not safe, it's not safe. <laughs> and we had to take the stairs. And he said, the problem is her parents are moving to Chicago oh. <laughs> and they're going to live in a high rise. So they need that certificate with them at all times in their pocket so that she feels comfortable getting know it's in the elevator with her she knows that you've inspected that elevator that i'm in the elevator with her that's so sweet uh (laughs) well i know i've never had any issue with elevators before so that's good and there's that's very good i read um doing a little research there's like twelve thousand 
elevators is that a correct number 28 28,000 mm. not okay wow okay so I was a bit under yeah yes, you were. 28,000 oh, um, we do moving sidewalks and escalators and oh, okay, chair okay. lifts and dumb waiters all that stuff but, yeah. but um you know a lot of people you know know you for the elevator lady but besides <laughs> but besides inspections for elevators and making sure what does the commissioner of labor do the biggest part of my job is nc osh which is osha and hmm. that's the safety and health of over four million workers every minute of every day who are working in north carolina wow that's the biggest part that's half of my department the other things we do are mines and quarries we train everybody who steps foot onto mining property in North Carolina. We don't have any underground mines, but we have a lot of quarries and sand pits and gravel pits. Dangerous work when you're mining those minerals out of the ground, so everybody has to be trained by federal law, and we train them. Uh, we also do boilers and pressure vessels, and if you think about those, they're everywhere. Churches, hospitals, schools, businesses, shopping, I mean, they are everywhere. Your hot water heater is a pressure vessel in your home. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong with it, it can go through two stories of your house. So they're dangerous. They need to be inspected to make sure they're working properly. They range in size from an air compressor in a mechanic garage to a nuclear power plant. Wow. And all sizes in between. There are 93,000 of those. <laughs> so we do those. The Elevator and Amusement Device Bureau also does all the amusement rides okay. that come into the state. And we have the strictest uh, inspection program in the world. Nobody else inspects the rides like we do. They have to be to within 100% of the manufacturer's specifications to operate, wow. or we don't let them operate in North Carolina. So we got the big state fair coming up, and that's one of the largest collections of amusement rides anywhere for that time period that they're here. Right. And uh, over a million people will probably be at the fair this year. So that's a big responsibility that we have to make sure every one of those rides has so, been inspected. Uh, Kent Yelverton was actually on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure you work with him a uh -huh. lot, and yeah, so yeah, they know to you know be very sharp when they're when you show up or oh, when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the operators are an important part of that inspection too making sure they've been trained making sure they understand the rules of operating a ride and that they have no issues with alcohol or drugs or anything right. that, that they're just there in the moment all the time they're mm. with that ride so elevators I mean, that's that's a very that's definitely a part of your job. But I mean, compared to everything else, that might not be. It's certainly not the biggest, right? It's well, it's big, right? Because they're everywhere, and the public uses them at all hours of the day and night. Uh, making sure that everything's correct at inspection time is very, very important. Uh, the elevator companies are the ones who maintain and repair those rides I mean the elevators we don't mm. repair elevators mm. but if they've been repaired we inspect them to make sure they were repaired correctly right are there any uh, stories that come to mind over your career that that have been really interesting or funny or in anything? elevators or anything anything that you've done as Commissioner of Labor oh my gosh <laughs> 
Well, I remember one interesting elevator story, kind of elevator story. I was at home in Newton on a Saturday, and I'd been cleaning my house and hadn't put on any makeup or barely combed my hair, had on some old jeans. I was <laughs> mopping. And I was there at the front door, and there are lights around the door uh, windows so people can see in. And a nice-looking older man came up on my porch, and he was dressed nicely, and I <laughs> saw he had a really nice car, and I thought, I'm single. Uh, so I'm thinking, oh, who's this? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I opened the door, and he's standing there, and he's very polite, and he had a piece of mail in his hand, and he said, uh, this was delivered to my house by mistake. Uh, I just wondered if it's yours. And I looked at it, and I said, no. That belongs to my neighbor next door. Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, Oh, well, what's your name? And I said, My name's Cherie Berry. And he said, Okay. And he started to walk off, and I thought, Darn, there goes dinner and a movie. You know? <laughs> and uh, he turned back around and he said, Do you mind if I ask you a question? And you're like, Here it is. <laughs> I said, Of course not. He said, Are you by chance the mother? Of the lady whose picture's in the elevator. Oh, no. <laughs> and I said, get off my porch now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. mother of the lady. <laughs> get off my porch. <laughs> get off my porch. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. When you're any others, now, uh, that was really good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, hmm, hmm. I want to stop you. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's been so many things that have happened. I'm just having a hard time coming up with an interesting or exciting. Oh, I got to blow up the side of a mountain one time. Oh. <laughs> How that what? <laughs> how'd that happen? Oh, I shocked you. You did. That doesn't seem like the, yeah. Our mine and quarry bureau, I was up in Spruce Pine, um, and the company up there mines quartz. Mm-hmm. And we have the purest quartz deposit in the world in Spruce Pine, North Carolina. Wow. And I'll tell you a funny story about that in a minute. But um, I was up there with the company, and they had rigged up uh, – an explosion where they needed to remove part of a mountain so when I was up there they had it all rigged up and they said commissioner would you like to blow up a mountain and I said sure of course (laughs) (laughs) who wouldn't right (laughs) big bang (laughs) so I went I went over there and they had it all uh, set up and they told me to push that button and I did and I watched the side of that mountain come off. That wow. was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that and was pretty cool. That's that's amazing. So I'm I'm imagining you know Looney Tunes. You have the you know push down no, the bar. No, just a big button. just a button. <laughs> not a, not quite as. I was kind of hoping it was that yeah, you know yeah. bar. That, yeah. <laughs> The Roadrunner kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. That's but exactly no. what comes to mind. <laughs> and and, and what did you say about uh, courts? Oh, oh. Um, one of the state senators told me a story that's true. He said that um, over in Dubai, on the Arabian Peninsula, mm-hmm. that they were building golf courses to go along with their beautiful buildings they put up over there. That place is fantastic with buildings but they're building a golf course and for their sand traps they use quartz sand from North Carolina oh wow and 
that just goes to show you how important our mine and quarry people are. Mm -hmm. They're so good, they can sell sand to Arabs in the desert. (laughs) That is is good. Wow. I'm even proud. I'm already proud of North Carolina, but I'm I'm even prouder of that. It's a fascinating place, actually. And I love traveling around the state, getting entree into buildings that you might ride by and say, I wonder what they do in there. What possibly could be done by a company named Syngenta or whatever, (laughs) you know? And then you get to go in and see their whole operation. Right, yeah. It's fascinating. We make wonderful stuff in North Carolina. We do. I'm, I'm very proud. Of course, I'm from Winston-Salem, so we're very proud of uh, cigarettes and donuts. Those are, you know, Camel cigarettes and yep, Krispy Kreme. absolutely. Donuts. Well, tobacco built this state. That's right. That's right. Winston-Salem wouldn't be, or Durham wouldn't yes, be there except for. absolutely. So, and the Dixie Classic Fair. I, I love that fair. will be there fair. Friday. Are you going to be for there? For the press conference. I uh-huh. love that fair. Oh, I, that's I my, that's the longest standing. Fair, it? Oh, it's fantastic. State Fair is, of course, wonderful, but I grew up with the Dixie Classic. Uh, it's about like two thirds the size, maybe, uh-huh. and it's just it feels like home every it time does, I go. It does, yes. Mm-hmm. And the whole midway and everything is just so neat to walk around the way it's laid out, and it's just a great. It's venue. special, mm-hmm. and that makes sense because if you grew up around Hickory, then you probably went to the Dixie Classic yes, Fair. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Well, it's very cool. Well, uh, in April, you announced that you would not seek reelection. Yes. And this this would have been you would have been reelected for your sixth term yes. okay so you've served five and so you're retiring yes yes are, are you excited though um to retire bittersweet it's bittersweet because i love this job i'm excited to get up every morning and do this job because i love the people in the department that i work with every day and i love the people in north carolina that i get to spend time with every day so it's going to be bittersweet but the situation I'm in, I have a seven-year-old grandson that's up in Toledo, Ohio. I have other grandchildren, but they're grown and working, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't get to see any of them very often, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's and I exciting. also have great-grandchildren in Michigan, a seven-year-old, and Haley's almost four now, so. So you're going to be in the Midwest <laughs> a lot after it's I'm right. going to be on airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, I have kids all over the country, from California to Massachusetts, in between, you know, Michigan, Ohio, Georgia. Uh, they're all over. I have grandchildren who work out of the country, and... Uh, my goal is to have more frequent flyer miles than anyone's ever had before. <laughs> Upgrade me every Wait, time I get on an airplane. <laughs> what's, what's your uh, airline of choice? I'm just uh, curious. American is the American. one I use the most, yeah. Because they will fly directly into Toledo, Ohio. Oh, uh, okay. okay there it takes go. about an hour. It's a great little hop, skip, and a jump. So... The reaction to retirement has been really interesting. There's even, you've seen, I'm sure, breweries have named uh, a couple of beers after you pretty recently, too. Yes, right? and they're delicious. They're delicious. You uh-huh. got I love the, cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had some for the uh, for the podcast. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't drink right now. I'm oh, yeah, you're on the job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good point. But it's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> But so you were able to have those. I, I know they're pretty recent, but I mean, the, the react. I, I don't know. The reaction over you retiring is is you know 
there's a lot of people disappointed. I so know, how are we going to feel safe in the elevator now? Well, so. <laughs> you know, when they did that beer in Charlotte, the Unknown Brewery did the beer with the two different labels. Uh, I went down, you know, and took the first glass. <laughs> and uh, then Dolores was with me, so we were there for three hours autographing beer cans. That's awesome. <clears throat> because people kept standing in line, and we weren't going to leave till the last can was signed. Right. But that was fun, and uh, I don't know. It's just been crazy, kind of crazy. That is crazy. Looking back, you were the you were the first uh, female commissioner of labor, and the only so far, but and the longest serving, which is really exciting. Do you think uh, you know? Looking back, what do you think you've done for inspiring the next generation of politicians? And Well, I think before this was basically considered a man's job. Uh, women can do all these jobs too, even all the jobs that are being done outside this building. You mm -hmm. know, women, there are no limitations on what we can do. And it used to be, okay, well, that's man's work. Well, it may have been because of strength issues, upper bodies, whatever. But with all the uh, machinery and tools that are available now, there's no job that a woman can't do. You know, there That's just right. isn't. So what I hope it will show women, young women, older women, women, <laughs> that uh, if you want to do something, you can and don't be afraid to try. Just step out there. You know, you never know till you ask, right, mm -hmm. what you're going to get. So until you ask people to vote for you, you never know if you're going to win or not. You right. never know if you're going to get to hold office. But don't be afraid of that. Uh, it's not easy. You have to go through a lot of criticism sometime. Or, but it's fun. It is so much fun to do it because you get to talk to so many people. And you basically learn something, I think, from every single person you talk to during the day. Um, everybody's got a story, and everybody has something they're good at, and it's just a learning experience every day. But I would suggest to women, uh, I was able to do a spark plug wire core, you know, <laughs> without an engineering degree. Um, I don't have a four-year degree in anything. So I don't think it's always the degrees that are after your name that should determine your success or failure. I think it's your drive and your ambition and just um, the things you want to do and things that excite you and you're passionate about. And my dad always told me when I was older, if I had a job, you know, that I really loved, then I would feel like I'd never worked a day in my life. So I have to say, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life as commissioner of labor. That's awesome. Well, Cherie, let's end on that. It's been an honor uh, speaking with you. Thank you for making time out of your busy schedule. And Thank you, John. Yeah, and uh, thanks I'm for- I'm glad you've got this hobby. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. And I know you're learning a lot of things. Too. I am, I am. And uh, truthfully, you were uh, from the beginning uh, I was like, if I can, if I can interview Cherie Berry, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm not joking. That was like, oh, that'd be so cool. So I was it, on your bucket list. You're on the bucket list. So uh, this is such a treat. I'm so so glad we could we could uh, do this. So. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you were interested, and uh, 
I just want the public to know I have been so blessed and I am so grateful for having had this opportunity to serve this long in a job that I absolutely love. And thanks for keeping us all safe. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for being safe. That was the North Carolina Commissioner of Labor, Cherie Berry. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and you can actually hear more about the NC Office of Labor on their podcast, Inside NC Labor. Commissioner Berry will also be a contestant as a stand-up comedian in Charlotte Has Talent on November 16th. So if you want to help her raise money for charity, be sure to grab some tickets and see her in Charlotte. And if you like the pod, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. You've been listening to the 919 Podcast, and until next time, thanks for listening.